0: Welcome into the latest episode of the 5 Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here, as always, with Chris Whittingham. Today we're out at Dolphins Camp, last day of Dolphins OTAs. We've got a mandatory minicamp coming up next week, so the Rashad Jones story will get a little bit more interesting at that mm-hmm. point, and obviously we'll be out here for training camp in late July. It's a little bit sticky and humid, so it is feeling like football weather. But we are here. We're having a reunion. Uh, there's a couple of, of sort of major events that are occurring here. Uh, we decided to <laughs> grab this person to come on with us. The first is, I believe this is the first three-time guest on the Five Reasons Sports really? flagship. I believe this Dirt. is the first three-time uh, guest. I think, I think Andre Fernandez is in contention.
1: I don't know if he's been on three times. Sedano has not, twice. What's, what's the Windor's threshold twice? for getting
0: paid?
2: Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, You know,
0: once uh, you get to three. <laughs> we're here with Chris Perkins. The other the other thing that's sort of significant um, about this is that this used to be the afternoon drive show on 7-9 the ticket at least for about a year and a half mm-hmm. so uh chris was uh, was our third guy for a while along with uh, mike yep. wallace and and leroy horde our rotating band of brothers right. uh that That's we had right. there for a period of time <laughs> so we're going to talk dolphins today uh specifically you know we haven't done a lot of this since the hire we've talked a lot about josh rose and we talked a little bit about ryan fitzpatrick we really haven't talked much about brian flores And, you know, we did a little bit after the hire, but now he's been here for a little while and he's run his own practices and we're getting a sense of who he is. And I want to put everything today in the context of the new Dolphins head coach and kind of the decisions that are being made now and the way that he's operating. I'm just going to start here before I go to Perk, which is that I've been impressed. Uh, The press conference, I was at the one again today. I know you can't read everything from a presser, but what you like to see is a guy who's in control. And I feel like, What's happened since that first press conference he had, where Chris and I did it from these very same benches behind the bleachers, I thought he looked uncomfortable at that first press conference. He really didn't know what he wanted to get across. I feel like now he has an idea. And the other thing that has has struck me is he looks you in the eye when he talks. And I know if you have crazy eyes like Adam Gase (laughs) that sometimes that's difficult. But I never felt like he looked the reporters in the eye. And, and I, look, I, whenever we do this, like, well, let's see it on the field. I understand that. It's mm-hmm. not all about relationship with the media. And, and, and occasionally you
1: can be accused of reading into things that don't actually matter.
0: Correct. But I can, <laughs> I can view him. I asked him today about whether this transition, as you hear the lawnmower in the background, uh, you, you are, this transition about leading one group, which he just did for a year, that's it, mm-hmm. in New England, to leading the entire group. And his eyes lit up like he enjoys it. And I can tell he enjoys it by the way he addresses us schleps, right? That he obviously likes addressing 90 of his peers, as he considers football players, to be better. But I get a certain sense of calm, control, and competence. Those are the three words that I've kind of gotten so far. Doesn't mean that it's going to translate to winning football games, particularly with the the slop that they're going to be running out there this year. But I feel a little better about this hire than I did at the beginning. Perk, how do
2: you feel about it? I like I like Brian Flores. I like what we've seen from him. The thing that – probably the one word that, that comes to my mind is direct. This guy looks you in the eye. He speaks with confidence. He speaks with authority. Uh, there's no wishy-washy, um, uh, well, it's direct. Now, we will see if that translates into victories. But I agree with you, Ethan – so far, I like what I've seen. We, we can only know so much until the games start and you know we'll know more during the season when the pressure is on. But he reminds me of, of Vance Joseph, the former Dolphins defensive coordinator, and the man who didn't have such a great time in Denver as a head coach. But he, just very direct and you know that this guy means what he says. Now, we're going to see how far that goes when you look at things like the quarterback battling. What is Rashad Jones's role going to be? Like right now, I don't think any of the, the draftees are in the starting lineup from Christian Wilkins to, to uh, Michael Dieter. But that's kind of a show-me-earn-it type thing. So far, Flores has stuck to all of that stuff. So I like what I've seen so far of him. So, Perk,
1: you've been at, you know, I, was there an owners meetings where he spoke. There was another there was another time beyond just his, in his introductory press conference mm-hmm. and these uh, these OTAs as well. What are some of the I think the mantra is what we're going to explore here today. And so and some of the consistent messages because uh, like Ethan said At that introductory press conference, there wasn't an obvious thing that was gotten across. It was intangibles. It was you want to play disciplined and smart and all this stuff that all these coaches say that aren't actually distinguishing. So what are the things that you've seen so far that have been distinguishing
2: about this coach? Definitely selfless football, and I know that that's kind of an abstract term, but to me what that means is no prima donnas. Don't put yourself in front of the team. Does he think Rashad Jones is doing that right now? Probably. He probably does from what i know of brian flores um that you, you guys have seen the wall out here that with that they make them run to tnt is on it takes no talent that's another thing up here is that um we're not gonna have uh offsides and false starts and stupid mindless that stuff takes no talent you guys saw today when um i think ryan fitzpatrick got a got a bad snap and and he ended up having to throw it out of bounds the center, number 68, I don't know his name. I think Anderson. But he had to run to the wall, and that's their thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not much of one for all these cutesy things. You're, coaches have had these things. They have the shield here for a while. But that—that that is one of the things of, of Brian Flores, that takes no talent. So uh, a lot of these things that, that he preaches about um, takes no talent, be on time, uh, be selfless, be a team player, it sounds like it's straight out of that Belichick book, But I I do believe that those are things that Flores really, truly believes. That we're going to see about, again, the starting quarterback and who starts and whether he deserves it. These other tenants, I I believe they are 100% Brian Flores. He's preached it, and I I think he's about those type of things. Well, it's
0: funny. When you're talking about, like, these gimmicks, right? So what's coming to my mind are all the goofy head coaches the Dolphins have Mm. had. They have had a string of Mm. goofy head coaches. Mm Mm-hmm. Going back, there's two that stand out to me that were not, and they didn't work out for various reasons because both guys had their heads in other places, which was Jimmy Johnson and Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. The rest of them, bless their hearts, I don't think Tony as much, maybe not Sperano as much, Mm -hmm. but the others, Dave wants that. Mousetraps in the locker room yeah. that Jason Taylor used to take and throw in the trash
2: every day. I, I remember up. when they were playing the Jets, he had those right. model airplanes, those those jet airplanes. <laughs> the, the, hanging. the model airplane. As house, Kim Kim Bo Camper, Camper
0: makes an appearance, enjoy the signature wings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. uh, and you're not getting a discount. No, you're not. You're not. <laughs> no, no, although 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 you
0: might get a table. You might get a table. at one percent discount. You right. might 100%. get 100%. you, you might go. get a table oh, at the restaurant go. on Las Olas, which is pretty damn good. So I'll give a little endorsement for it. Uh, but that, okay. Cam Cameron, one of my favorites with Cam Cameron was he put a rope here in the field. And the whole idea was that you all got to be pulling together, right? right? Like nothing happens if you're pulling apart. So he, he put the players on different sides of it so they could pull apart and see that the rope wasn't going anywhere, except he did it the wrong way and he put them all on the same side. And so they just <laughs> pulled at the rope together, <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, Dave Wanstead, I'm going to tell this story, and I apologize to any children who are listening. Can I tell this story? Yeah, this please is a, do. This is a Rob Conrad story. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Rob used to pull us aside in the locker and say, just between us girls, and tell us some story about <laughs> Dave. So here's one story. So Dave has this guy come to speak to the entire group. Oh, yeah. You know this story, yeah, right? Okay. I know this story. Okay. He, this story. he has this guy come to speak to the entire group. And the guy basically starts to tell a story about a couple of stories. One was he told a story about a guy this persevering. Is a, this isn't a palinka anecdote, is it? No, this is <laughs> better. It's not quite making something up? No, no. so here it is. So he's sitting there, and the first story was about a guy with no hands and no feet and how he overcame all this stuff, and that was the first story. But the second story was he told a story about, of all people, Yaramir Yager, and this was long before Yaramir Yager was. I remember, Dave's a Pittsburgh guy, right? So he, so he liked this story. This is long before Dario Yager became a, a you know like 20 years before he was before, <laughs> before, before he, he was Yager. a Florida Panther, right? You know, and so he tells this story about Yager and he says that Yager wore the number 68 because that was the year of the Czech Revolution. Of course, Yager is the most famous athlete, you know, in that country's history probably. And so he tells this story and so this wasn't Dave telling it, but this guy that he brought in. So they're on the field a day or two later and Dave's going around to all the players as a stretch, "Ah, man, I hey, know what I mean. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on! Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up! I'm gonna get blamed for this shit. He's going around from side to side. I realized that Ethan had a uh, fake Dave Wanstead. I, 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 that's I, a good, that's I, a I good do. So, so he's going around, and so finally, he's going. And he walks past a lot of the starters, and he goes, "Guy, you're not you going hot fast enough." He's like, "Who's your, he's supposed to say? Who's your 68? Who's your Czech Revolution? Who's your 69? Oh Who's no! Your 69? Oh no!" <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Yeah. So that was Dave. Yes, so, Dave. Ed, well, I got one other Dave. I love Dave. One other Dave. Family, faith, and football. Yep. Those are the three Fs. Yep. Yeah. Three core principles of life. Mm-hmm. So he's standing up in front of the whole group as why they're really oh, – I think yeah. Dave's using the snowblower <laughs> over there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. He them. So he's standing up in front of the whole group in in the front of the auditorium and he's got a little, like, box. It's like a little crate. And he's got a Bible for faith.
2: Yep.
0: He's got a family photo for yep. family. And he's got a football. <laughs> and the idea was that you're supposed to put these three things, but he had a brick that said distractions on it. <laughs> oh. Oh. And the thing was, I'm sorry, we're going to get back to Brian Flores in a second. So, here's, so the thing was, I love those teams because they told me everything. <laughs> so, so... The thing you were supposed to do was you were supposed to put the distractions in and the other stuff was supposed to fall out. And the idea was if you put distractions in, you lose your faith, you lose your family, you lose your football, you lose your focus, right? right. All the Fs. Except he did it wrong. <laughs> okay? And those three things didn't fit without the distractions. And so he's in front of this entire group and he's scrambling around on the ground. All right, guys, guys, I can't. All, right, all right, <laughs> and this was going on for like 10 minutes. Oh. So, anyway, that was Dave. We mentioned Cam Cameron. We oh, mentioned yeah. Joe Philbin picking up papers on the field after people. Yep. Yep. Adam Gase, crazy eyes, who never did yep. a thing wrong, who invented the game of football.
2: <laughs> Ego.
0: They've had some they, – just people who you just would not peg as head coaches. Now, Tony looked the part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he ever really was empowered to do what he needed to do. And then when he got to that point, you know, then his GM undercut him. And gone on a plane with Steve Ross, and Bill Parcells is out riding the pony, or, or you know, betting the ponies, and and, uh, and playing golf. And so, I feel like this guy, when I say calm, competent, mm-hmm. control, I, I feel that's different. Is that different from Adam GaSe? Let's just uh, well, forget. I'm- forget. Well, I know you covered him, one yeah. sentence, but is he different from Adam GaSe?
2: I, I thought that Adam Gase was on the right track after the first year, that, that the 10-6 the and six season because I thought that he was able to put his ego in his pocket from the standpoint, this is a passing game coach, and they really got going because of the running game, because of Jay Ajayi and the threat of Jay Ajayi. But then his ego came back, and, you know, it was like, nah, we, we have to pass. I'm a passing game guy. I've got to prove that my offense works. So that that's going to be the other thing about Flores. Yes, I do think that he's different, but I thought that Adam Gase was different. I thought that Adam Gase could put his ego in his back pocket and say, we need to win football games, and if we have to win with this running back instead of my dream and the passing offense, then that's what we're going to do. So I, like Flores, I don't think that he's that type of guy, but I didn't think that Gase was that type of guy. But I, again, I like what I've seen from Flores so far. There, there's just so many um, unknowns a, about him. I, but but I, I hope that his ego doesn't get in the way again. I think he's a man of conviction, and I do think that what he says, while there's a lot of football speak in it, that's who he is. He's a principled man. So I do like that about Flores. Um, I haven't seen any signs that he can definitely coach but I do like what I've seen. And I do think he is a little bit different from those other guys, as you were saying.
1: The one thing for me that, that I find curious about the takes no talent thing and the and those, or those kind of mantras that are meant to kind of bring down the talented players and have everyone on equal footing is that what happens with Rashad Jones. With Adam Gase – I actually think there's a bit of a similarity there because he ran off guys that were the talented guys on the team that had a little bit of a personality that deviated from others. And I think you know even with the Le'Veon Bell reports, it's well I don't need I don't need someone that good. And I think that is at times what happens to the Belichick guys. Is Belichick is a very unique coaching ability that even with the you look at his rosters and go there's not a great deal of talent there. He's he's got the magic formula whatever it is. So unless Brian Flores has imported that. Um, I do kind of wonder if there is a concern about running guys off that are the talented guys on your team um, that have different personalities, and I wonder if he has that coaching ability, really, because that's Mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to, in my opinion, is the ability to coach players up and figure out specific ways to use guys to maximize them. For me, it takes no talent and things like that. It sounds great. But there are times where you do have to bend your rules. You do have to bend Mm -hmm. for guys that are the talented ones. And that would be a concern for me um, in a broader sense. Obviously, when you're trying to establish culture and things like that, I get it. And now it's not necessarily a bad time to, to implement those things. But there are a couple things that concern me. That And also, do those things hold up when you're losing? And I think you've seen this across sports, is as teams lose, Mm -hmm. that selfishness starts to kick in. Mm -hmm. You see guys who want to get their stats because they want to be the ones that go to their next team, their agent go, hey, he played well, even on a bad team, that individualism starts to creep in. So as you lose and as you start to deal with talented personalities, those things get tested. We'll get back to today's episode in a second, but first, I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here in the 5 Reason Sports Network, and that is the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. Find them at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com, or actually call 855 855- 5,000 Law LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and any personal injury matters. Additionally, if you mention five reasons, they will handle your traffic ticket for forty-four ninety-nine, with a new 15,000-square-foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami, they will handle cases all over South Florida. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. One OneCallLegal.com or 855-5000-LAW. The attorneys at Seltzer Mayburg, a proud sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: Don't we need to start with the quarterback position then? Oh, right. Let's do that. If that's the conversation we're having. There's one other thing that I I do like that Flores said that plays into the quarterback thing, which is he has said repeatedly now that he wants players to ask the why, which I I think was very different from Gase. And and I think that plays into Josh Rosen because that has been a criticism of Josh Rosen that he wants to know the why. You can even tell during his little presser he has with us, he's in no hurry to stop. He, he'll talk, and what he says, he says. And that's very different. I mean, he, I, he's been more interesting to me in three sessions than Ryan Tannehill was in seven years. Now, some coaches don't like that, right? Some fans don't like that. They just want their players to play. But let's go to the quarterback decision because that is where we're going to get a sense of, of how he feels because I think it's very possible that Ryan Fitzpatrick could play better than Josh Rosen. He's more experienced. I'm talking about in training camp. Mm-hmm. He's more yep. experienced. Uh, he'll, he'll get up to speed in the system quicker. He's obviously been capable of very high levels of play in the NFL, which is not something Rosen has shown. He's also been capable of very low levels of play in the NFL. He's going to give you a little bit of both. They know what they're getting there. But I go back to the decision that was made uh, with, with Jay Fiedler and Damien Heard after Dan Marino's retirement, which is that they went out and identified Jay Fiedler as the guy that they wanted. It was Wanstatt primarily at that point who went out and got him. He had the touchdown against the Dolphins in the 62-7 game or whatever. You looked at him as a player who could be a pretty good prospect even though he didn't have a big arm. They had Damon Heard here who was more experienced, had started a few games in place of Dan, okay? He's not Fitzpatrick in terms of experience, but more experience. Jay had a horrible training camp. Mm-hmm. Was ter- the pre- look at the numbers in the preseason games. He was unplayable. He started he started because the because where, where were you going with Damon Heward? They'd already made a decision. There was nowhere to go with him. Jay, at least you thought there was a chance of him becoming something, and he ended up being the quarterback of an 11-win team, okay? Didn't end up – becoming the guy they needed to be, Mm -hmm. but he was a quarterback in an 11-win team. And my point here is, is this going to be a similar situation? In other words, is this preordained, okay? And does it come from ownership or does it come from Flores? If you're Flores, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is clearly outplaying Josh Rosen, let's just say, and Mm -hmm. the fans see it. Preseason practices, which which matter more than Mm preseason. Fans don't realize that, but the practices matter more. The film room, or whatever we call it these days, matters more. And let's say Fitzpatrick is way ahead of him. Is the owner... for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Is somebody else, is Chris Greer going to say, look, we need to, we need to find out about Josh Rosen. We've got 16 games to find out about Josh Rosen. Now... I don't know if that happens or not, but I think that's going to tell you a couple of things. One, what is Brian Flores' value? Mm-hmm. But if it's not Brian Flores, who's making that decision? Mm-hmm. How much power does he have? Adam Beasley's walking by. He makes all the decisions here. <laughs> but <laughs> can you get us a pizza? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. You, you're, you, you are. We're not allowed to talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Me but, and Beasley uh, are playing golf next. Week. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, nobody cares about uh, that. Uh, the I the athlete, don't even know why I threw the that. The Athletic air. of the Herald.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Man, Scratch got- that. Scratch if, that. If you, got- you guys, that
0: what, what, what's your subscription? Three ninety nine a month. There's a three? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you get the whole national network. Yeah. With but you we, guys. you know, we I always subscribe r- to you guys. We
2: always run specials. Our, our Memorial Day special mm. was fifty percent off. We'll run an NBA Finals special. You well, spend then a weekend day.
0: with Manny Navarro and Andre <laughs> Fernandez. Right. Right. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah.
2: So, so quarterback
1: so, decision. Okay. All quarterback.
2: Right? It, go ahead.
1: No. No. Okay. So, so my thing is, is. I understand Flores at the moment appears to be not to, uh, not be putting rookies as starters. Mm-hmm. Josh Rosen has occasionally won with the, has run with the seconds, but I just don't see a point to the year. I don't see a point to the season other than trying to figure out – to me, Stephen Ross's whole idea right now is we traded for Josh Rosen because we're looking for a franchise quarterback. I'm thinking about the quarterbacks of 2020 because they seem like they're franchise quarterbacks there. He understands this organization does not change without franchise-changing quarterback play – and we know Ryan Fitzpatrick is 37 years old. He's played for eight different teams. We know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not that guy. What would be the point of playing him?
2: You're gonna, you should play the guy who is the better quarterback. And so if that's Ryan Fitzpatrick, that gives you your Josh Rosen answer already. You don't need to see this dude for sixteen games if he can't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. But you just
0: gave up I, again. I don't think they gave up much, right? I just mm-hmm. people on this. I thought it was. Thought no, it was the right deal. decision. It's a really good deal. You got yeah. a future second, but you did give up something for him, right? You didn't give up anything for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. I, I just, I just know how the way Chris sees it is how I think most fans are going to see it. I is just, mm-hmm. and I say the other Chris Whittingham. I just think they're going to look at it and be like, oh, "What do we just trade for this guy for?" Like you can you can say and I can say that if Rosen is just no good behind the scenes, you make a decision on him quickly. Coaches make decisions on players. Mm-hmm. And, and you they can,
1: make and, decisions, and you can cut them without any problem. Well, I, I except
0: to your
2: reputation, except yeah, to Chris and, Greer's right. reputation. But you you don't. It won't come to that because look, it, the big deal would be the blow to Josh Rosen's ego, right? Because if I, the way I see it, I'm keeping Josh Rosen he's either going to be my starter next year or he's going to be a pretty good backup. And if he can't take being a backup, mm-hmm. that's the way it goes. You're going to sit on my bench and you're going to be unhappy because I need a quality backup. But,
1: but to Ethan's point, he he was saying that Jay Fiedler won the job partially because of preference, right? The, co- mm-hmm. the, the coach went out on the line. I think this organization went out on the line. And is it possible that – The Dolphins, even if they think Fitzpatrick is better in practice and better in preseason, Mm -hmm. that you just put him in regular season games to find out because that environment is different. We were talking today about examples uh, throughout your career and throughout Ethan's career Mm -hmm. of players who were just different in practice than they were in regular season games. Mm -hmm. Do you
2: think that they just do that just to find out, just to see what happens? I might do it once or twice, but um, really to me, I want to get the best quarterback out there because – I want to teach my team how to make winning plays in different situations. I want to teach them how to convert on third down. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is the better guy to lead them in that direction, that's who I'm going with. We want to win in the fourth quarter. We want to win on the road. We want to learn how to do all this stuff. So if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy who can teach my team winning ways better, I'm going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is shipyourcarnow.com. These guys can move any car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Call them. These guys can ship it all. So give them a call. Here's the number 1 800 Four six four four. That's 1-800-264-4644 or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Also make sure to mention five reasons on the phone. I wish, look, I wish they'd they'd had this when I was going to college. This would have been great for me. I needed to get my car down from Baltimore to Florida. I ended up taking the auto train. You don't want to take the auto train. Ship your car, fly. No job too big or too small. Ship your car now moves at all. Here's the, your point perk and this is a point that a lot of coaches have made. I know this is a point that the heat the heat have made over the years when they've had veteran guys playing ahead of kids and the whole thing is mm-hmm. uh, the other players suffer when you have somebody out there who doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. let's example prime example, Michael Beasley. Mm-hmm. A big reason for not giving him big minutes at stages of his career was that it effed the whole defense up. Right. And so everybody else was off. Mm-hmm. And so this is why I don't think this is going to be an issue and why I think Rosen has to start from the beginning. Because if you were dealing with a dumb guy, see, to me, you don't start him if he just can't run anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and they've had some dumb players at that position, mm-hmm. okay? So if you have a guy who just can't run the offense and isn't going to get guys in the right place and is going to get guys hurt mm-hmm. okay, with some of his throws or his calls or mm-hmm. his checks or his, whatever it is he does, Right. Then I think he's a justification to say, look, we're going to play the guy who's played in the league for 12,000 different teams, who's run these, you know, knows every system, and we're going to play him. But they got two smart guys. And and if Josh Rosen has an issue, it's not going to be because he doesn't know the system. He's smart, Mm -hmm. he'll figure it out. Okay? He's run systems before, he's been a quarterback his whole life. He's not Ryan Tannehill. He's gonna be. He's gonna know how to get guys in the right place quickly. Like if I have any, and he said today, I'm not doing anything crazy this summer. He basically said I might visit some people on the coast. Mm-hmm. I don't think you got to worry about him in that regard. He wants to prove himself. So as long as he's not gonna get anybody hurt, as long as he's not gonna, you know, or 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 make. You know, and they don't even have young receivers. Like right. I, I mean, they have a couple, right? Grant and I guess Wilson's a youngish player, but still is I mean, an experienced that's, player. That's
1: minimum three years in the league mm-hmm. between the, you know that, that that group of guys.
0: Right. So so it's so it's not like you know so Gasicki. I mean, Gasicki can't be used worse than he was used last year. I, I just I, I don't think. I just don't think they're going to have an issue. I think they're going to be well – I do. I just think they're going to be well coached, and I think that this guy in Rosen is going to understand it from an intellectual standpoint. Now, does that mean he's going to make the right throws? Does that mean his velocity is going to be where it needs to be? Does that mean you know that, that all the other things that go into playing quarterback or that he's going to lead the way he needs to lead? Mm-hmm. I don't know that. But I do think that he's going to at least put them in a position where he's not sabotaging everything just by his lack of knowledge. And they have had that. They mm-hmm. have had that at that position over the years, and I mean, look, Culpepper—that was a pro- People always talked. People have always talked about Dante's knee, but Dante never really learned the system that year either. Okay, and th- he's not the only one. They've had mm-hmm. a bunch of guys at that position that that was the case with John Beck, who was a really smart guy. Okay, but John Beck couldn't get the snap from center. Like he was going to get somebody killed. Right. Okay, yep. I-, I don't think that that's going to happen with this guy. But but and uh, that's why I I can't justify not playing him.
1: Right. But, uh, but at the same time, I, I think Perk's point is the correct one, which is if the whole point is figuring out if Josh Rosen is franchise changing mm-hmm. and he's not good enough to start for the Dolphins on week one, then you have your answer. Correct. But at the same time, I think the probability, and you can disagree with me, the probability is that Josh Rosen will be afforded opportunity, uh, afforded every opportunity mm-hmm. to prove that he is... A good deal better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and will likely start. Would you say it's a likelihood that Rosen will be the week one starter? Or are you? I, uh, so yeah, so I was, so so the, the reason why we're having this, we're having it out as you're watching practice. Um, but is there anything you've seen from Rosen that you're thinking he might
2: not be good enough to supersede Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, no. And I, if you look at this situation logically, and, and as you guys say, think about what the Dolphins want to accomplish, which is getting that franchise quarterback. Yeah, it makes sense that Rosen would be the week one starter. You could even say likely, but like we started out talking about, well, now you get back to Flores's credibility. And after he preached to these guys, you've got to earn a starting job and Rashad Jones and the first-round pick and all these guys, you can't just gift the starting job to this quarterback who you acquired because then the players are going to know who's running things, Steve Ross. It's not Brian Flores, and it might not even be Chris Greer, the, the owner is running things, and, and I don't think that's a good situation for either Flores or for Flores' credibility. And I'll, I'll say this also that, listen, I don't think that there's a big rush to get Josh Rosen in here because – you guys remember when they drafted Ryan Tannehill, number eight in 2012, he wasn't gifted that starting job. David Garrard and Matt Moore were here. Tannehill was probably going to sit for a year, but then David Garrard injures his knee in training camp and it's between Matt Moore and Tannehill. And at that point, you might as well – it's close. You might as well give it to the youngster. Um, Isn't that the same thing? I mean, uh, take Garrard out it, of the occasion
0: because I know – and, again, that was the hard knocks year, right? Yep. So like, yes, that I, I was. I, I, was. I, I understand – you know, with Gerard in the picture. And, Garrard, look, Gerard had won playoff games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but to me, the Matt Moore and Ryan Tannehill is Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, you knew what Matt Moore was at that point, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the, the, you, what nope. they should do, Perkin and what they will do, I think, are two different things. Yes. I said today, watching practice, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to start at least three games this year, and I don't think it's just going to be because of injury. Yeah. I think he's, I, if you, I would put the over-under at three, I'd go over. I, I, think, it's, I think he's going to start games. I think he's here, in part, to start games and kind of show how it's done, and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the first week. I just don't – I'm with Chris on this. I just don't see the point. I, unless, Like I said, unless Josh Rosen shows up and it's like he, he doesn't understand any terminology mm-hmm. – and he can't get the snap from center and it's just a total abomination but i think rosen can be outplayed by a significant margin in in pr- training camp and and in practice and in uh the film room mm-hmm. and in uh, and pre-season. on the field in preseason and i still think he should start for this team and i think if he doesn't and you're the owner you got to have some questions i got to have questions for chris greer like what right i mean yeah. we just yeah and that
1: was the no but you did i mean you gave up a second round pick which they did incredibly incredibly mm-hmm. well to maneuver to get it but mm-hmm you could have then taken that asset and drafted a player that's playing every Sunday with it. So I think think once you've given that – and I know that part of the Flores mantra is we don't care about those considerations, we're playing the best guys – Organizations have to think about these things because the fans and the media mm-hmm. and all that stuff starts to, to, to ramp up. And it absolutely is part of the calculus.
2: And, and it well, then that goes back to Flores a little bit of uh, why did you talk all this crap about credibility and everything when it's not going to happen? And so that that's what I think that this decision gets into is that everybody understands who needs to start and why it's Josh Rosen. But this is a guy who is kind of building himself on credibility and and tenants and tent poles and all this kind of stuff and takes no talent. You can't just go away from that. Today's episode also brought to you by Doral
1: Toyota. We're excited to tell you about one of our great partners. That is Doral Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models. Whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle, Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is available for credit-related issues. Also, if you mention five reasons when you call 305 one one two nine, or come in the dealership. You'll work with a dedicated manager, not a salesman. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at nine seven seven five Northwest Twelfth Street. Vamos, let's go, Doral Toyota.
0: Your well, that would major be, that decision. would be the only thing.
2: If that, that's it, a big that, that, thing. Well, though, well that's it, a big it thing. would be
0: with the other players. With, with
2: Tannehill, they never. Joe Philbin yeah. didn't build himself on all of this stuff that Flores is. Well, it, it's y- the same situation. Y- I agree with you, y- but you're, the, you're the the result, the outcome could be different well, as far as the credibility of the head coach. Well, now. right,
0: uh, it could be with some players. You know, it, like you said, if you're going to say, okay, Rashad Jones is not doing the right things, and so he's going to sit the bench at first. But Josh Rosen's thrown six interceptions and ten attempts in practice, and we're anointing him the starter. I understand how that could be a credibility gap. But I would hope this, okay? I would hope, and I think we underestimate players sometimes and their intelligence and their understanding of what the situation is. I would hope the players would look at this and say, that guy's 37, that guy's 22, okay? It's the quarterback position. They need to find out. I would hope that. Now, I will say that hasn't always happened, and here's one example of this, okay? And, and then, you know, I think we'll wrap and, and then we'll get you back for your fourth episode next week. <laughs> but I go back to 2004, which was a, a nightmare for a lot of reasons, because Dave Wonstett, um couldn't let go of Ricky Williams. And I always tell this, I interviewed him in his office, did a long sit down with him. And there was a picture of him with his arm around Ricky and the picture was turned upside down when I walked in the office, which is just was, was a beautiful memory for me. But, you know, Rick Spielman went out and got Lamar Gordon for a third-round pick. But they also – they were going to do this regardless of Ricky. They, they had gone out and got a quarterback before that. They got A.J. Feely. They traded for a guy who was, what, 4-1 and under Andy Reid, which I, I think basically, you know, John Beck could have been 4-1 and one under Andy Reid. But 4-1 and one under Andy Reid, and they brought in A.J. Feely to, to run things. And A.J. is one of those guys I was talking about who couldn't run anything and kept falling on his ass and hurting his ass. Right. That's what you remember A.J. Philly for. And so they had they had brought they had brought him in. And all the time, guys like Zach and Jason and Pat and Sam, Timbo, were up in the office mm-hmm. saying Jay needs to start. Yep. Jay's the guy we trust. Yep. OK. But here's the difference. There is no Zach on this team. There mm-hmm. is no Jason on this team. There is not even a Pat or a Sam on this team because Xavier Howard has earned money, but he hasn't earned that, right. okay? Right. Which is years of success and credibility and all that. And so I don't know that there's anybody on this team who could go in that. Maybe Kenny Stills. Maybe. Yeah, but he's got to play right. better than he did last yeah. year. There's nobody who can go in that office to Brian Flores and say, Ryan Fitzpatrick needs to start. And there's also no history with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. There were years of history with Jay. Now, they knew Jay's limitations. Trust me, they knew. Okay, mm-hmm. And they always talked about it. If we had a quarterback, but they knew that wasn't Jay's fault, right. that he didn't have the big arm. They, but they knew that Jay was the guy who was going to get himself over the goal line against the Raiders after 9-11. They knew that Jay was going to mm-hmm. play hurt. They knew that Jay was going to play hard, and they knew that Jay was going to know his shit. Didn't always mean it translated. But didn't always mean he shouldn't have thrown that out pattern against the Jets, okay? You know, that goes back 90 yards the other way. But they knew what they were getting. and so. But I just don't think there's anybody on this team. And I, I, to, to Chris's point earlier, I don't think, I don't think Brian Flores wants there to be anybody on this team who's that yet. I think he wants everybody to prove it again. He's saying to Rashad Jones right now, you are not that guy on this team. This is my team now. And I'm gonna make you earn it like everybody else. Now they felt that Xavier Howard had earned enough. I think they feel that Laramie Tunsil has earned enough that they're gonna pay him. But that's where it's different. And so I think that uh, I think that the players will should, okay, if they know what they're trying to build here, should understand the grand plan without it having to be stated all the time. That Josh Rosen, it, this is an evaluation of Josh Rosen to see if he's our guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good soldier. He's gonna be here and he's there in a pinch and he can win a game for you. But that's what he is. And I hope that's the direction they go, but I'm putting the over. If the over/under is three games for Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, I'm going over because I, I just I think that that's what football coaches do.
2: I, I'll take the over on
1: Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. three. I'll take that overall you side going for under? Me, No, yeah, it would have to be injury. It, like Josh Rosen would have to get killed. Uh, to me, Josh Rosen's a 16-game starter um, uh, under any and all any under any and all healthy circumstances. I just don't see the point. I don't see the point of Ryan Fitzpatrick playing games. I just don't. For, for this team, for what they're trying to do, for what they're trying to find in Josh Rosen, I mean, unless he's a catastrophe in the first eight games, you just go, you know, we need to figure out – we need to learn more about our team, which is Perk's point. Um, then I, I just can't see a scenario where, where anyone other than Rosen is the quarterback.
2: Yeah, I, I'll just say in closing, I to me this is a credibility thing with Flores. Are you Brian Flores, the guy who preached all this stuff about uh, competing – or are you just like every other coach that when it comes to the quarterback, you throw out all the rules and you're just conventional? That, that to me, is what it comes down to.
0: Uh, that's, you know, the good thing about this is it's like the one reason this Dolphins season is worth watching. Mm-hmm. They gave us something. <laughs> they did. They yeah, did. Now tell me what it is for the heat. We'll have you back
2: for the rest. <laughs> 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 all
0: right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Make sure to listen to our episode with Nikias Duncan. Uh, when I tell you Nikias is popular – that episode is outpacing my Chris Bosch episode for downloads right now. So check it out with Nakayas, uh, the total breakdown of the Heat's draft. Also, if you haven't heard it yet, if you haven't heard this one until after, we'll be talking to old friend Israel Gutierrez. We're bringing back like all my co-hosts on 790. Uh, we're going to bring Wallace back next week, too. Uh, so bring him back, bring him in, Israel Gutierrez, to talk NBA Finals. That'll be out on Thursday afternoon. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fire in the Podcast. Thank you so much.